This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Top Rope Nation is on the air. It is May 11th. 2017 and this is your number one source for pro graps discussion and sometimes mildly amusing analysis i am ryan drosty the editor-in-chief of topropepress.com joined here number one by my longtime co-host i think since episode number two he is the master of the tilt-a-world backbreaker himself coming in from cleveland ohio kyle ross in the house kyle what's up that's right okay good how's it going man I haven't introduced you in a long time as uh, with some kind of like wrestling move tie-in, so I felt like I had to do it this time. Okay, yeah, I appreciate it. The tilt the world backbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that very often. That used to be like the weekly thing. I would I'd give yeah. some kind of random intro for you. So came up with that earlier this afternoon. Oh. <laughs> and joining Kyle this week from across town, my boo from the loo himself, <laughs> Justin Joint in the house. Justin, what's going on? Hey, little known fact, there used to be a fourth person on the show, but uh, he was fired for investigating our ties to Rusev. <laughs> we had to get rid of that guy. He was getting a little too close to the old top rope nation oval office. So sad. <laughs> had to kick him in the butt, get him out of there. Bad. <laughs> Guys, it's been uh, kind of as far as WWE goes. There's a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon. WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Evolve. We're going to get into that later. But as far as the TV this week goes, not a whole lot to talk about, at least on my end. Um, kind of planning for the show this week, I was kind of wondering, what are we going to talk about? Because anytime WWE has TV in the UK, it seems like they're kind of just like stopgap shows. And I don't know what you guys thought about Raw and SmackDown this week. I didn't feel like anything major other than the, the Braun Strowman injury angle, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. I didn't feel like anything really noteworthy happened on television this week. Uh, Kyle, what'd you think? Yeah, I don't know. I would agree with that. I think um, Raw had the excuse of the Strowman injury; they had to rewrite it fairly late. But you know, as far as a with SmackDown, as far as a show that you know you're two weeks away from a pay per view. I mean, yeah, they had Mahal beat Orton, which was the right call in the six man, but it didn't. That, that that show didn't really make me care more about Backlash at all. It was. It was just kind of there. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, no real storylines were advanced or anything. You think it was another week where uh, Raw was a better show this week? I don't know. I think they just canceled oh, each other out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I would say a no contest. There was no winner. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I, I I did not like Justin. I don't know what you thought. I, I did not like that Miz and Ambrose gimmick. The code GMs filling in for Angle. I thought that was pretty lame. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Fair. Really, the only thing I liked about Raw was the uh, Sheamus and Cesaro gauntlet match. Other than it kind of buries all the other tech. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, gym. Golden Truth really tried, uh, I thought, to get some excitement. God bless him. You know, Dustin Rhodes can still cut a nice promo. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, wow. To have one, to do a gauntlet match and have a heel team beat every other team in the division, eesh. Enzo yeah. Mori, I'll still stick up for him. They beat him too much. <laughs> I can't believe speaking you're sticking en- up for him. Speaking of Enzo, did you see the Usos stealing uh, Enzo and Cass's gimmick on SmackDown? In a very poor uh, imita- imitation. Yeah, yeah, that was a... Yeah. It was just nice to see them on TV. 
<laughs> what a what a bizarre tag title run they've had. They're like more they've there's more weeks that they're not on TV, I feel, than there are. Then if only we could get that universal champion on TV, we'd be all set. Yeah. So that's actually let's let's lead off with that. It's one of the biggest stories this week in wrestling. Uh Braun Strowman, who we've been really high on here on the program in recent weeks, has the injury. He's gonna be out, I think, six to eight weeks. Was that the latest Four I read? Eight, I think it was. Okay. But. So it's kind of thrown their plans in for a loop this summer. Uh, we know that Strowman was probably going to challenge Lesnar. Um, and now we're, we're looking at maybe like Rollins stepping in, Balor stepping in. We're going we're gonna to talk about this. But first wait, of all, how... Wait, wait, wait. When, where, when and where was uh, <laughs> Strowman going to challenge Brock Lesnar? What show is that going to be? Oh, Great Balls of Fire. Great Hugh balls Jerry of Lee fire. Lewis. <laughs> I got to say, last week's show, if you listen to the audio-only podcast, one of my greatest achievements was the show close with Jerry Lee Lewis played us out. Yes. Loved it. Guys, if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, subscribe on iTunes. Help out the show. Look us up. Leave us a rating. Five-star rating. Helps us out. So, uh, yeah, the uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, the, the audio versions of our show are always slightly different. We add in some sound effects. So, hey, you can listen to us twice. Two for the price of one. Why not? Um, how surprised were you guys when you heard about Braun Strowman's injury? Were you depressed? Did it send you to the liquor cabinet, Justin? <laughs> I, I'm always in the liquor cabinet anyways. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was disappointed to hear about it because he felt like the first kind of natural big thing to come into the WWE for quite a while. Uh, it felt like he was going to be something really special, and he, and he still will be. Uh, it does feel like a momentum crusher a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Kyle? Yeah, and it really sucks that they did a worked injury, and then it turned out that he was actually he actually was hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, we had talked about it. I mean, all the, you know, they had Angle when he did the promo, all these guys have sustained these injuries. He, he met, you know, it was all work. Everyone's like, oh, whatever, they're selling it. And then, yeah, it turns out Strowman's actually hurt. That sucks. Um, I actually, it hurts in a sense that we're going to have a lot of blah raws, I think, over the next couple weeks and maybe even months. Um, Remember, both brands are running pay-per-views in June and July. Uh, So it's not like, oh, Raw's got one in June, SmackDown's got one in July. Nope, they each have one in June and July. Um, So, you know, it's quite a lot of, you know, content they got to fill uh with the main event scene that uh, you got guys there but it just doesn't seem there was a lot of intrigue when you watch raw but you know i wrote about it last night i think that they're just going to reshuffle the order of the challengers for lesnar it looks like it's going to be like you said rollins or balor at great balls of fire um <laughs> I goodness gracious doing, yeah i could see them doing a number one contenders match at extreme rules to set that up um, to see who gets the shot, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it, like I said, I don't think it matters if it's Balor or Rollins. I was thinking maybe Balor might be better just because he's the Universal Champion, um, but or I mean, just because he had never lost. I mean, he's the former Universal Champion, and they can tie that loose end together. That all depends on what kind of Lesnar match they do. If they're just going to do the normal crush him in four minutes, then definitely not. Ballard. Well, they shouldn't do that with any anyone. Like, I mean, I don't know. When's the last time they did that? I mean, the, the Goldberg match, I guess, was short, but it was competitive. It was booked as a competitive match. Mm-hmm. When's the last time that Lesnar just like kind of like Summer. like was it Ambrose at WrestleMania last year? That was awful. SummerSlam against Orton. Yes, that's true. Yeah. It was SummerSlam against Orton. Yes. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed when I heard about the injury just because I feel like it's been quite a while since WWE had a guy who was organically getting over with the crowd like Strowman um, to this degree. We've talked about on the show how he's getting the reactions they want for Roman Reigns and every wrestling podcast in the universe has been talking about for years now the Roman Reigns thing. Will he catch on with the crowd? But Strowman was catching on with the crowd and it was fun to watch. Gave me a reason to watch Raw every week. And I think you guys are right. It definitely um, takes a whole lot away from the momentum on, on Monday nights. That's for sure. So do you guys have a preference for who you want to see wrestling Lesnar in July? Uh, Rollins, for me, 
just because I, I I was kind of excited about the Balor and Wyatt feud that they've been kind of teasing a little bit. See, I'm, I'm not as excited about that just because I feel that it's very obvious where going that goes. You know, Wyatt will do something nefarious. It brings out the Demon King. I mean, I guess that's kind of cool, but I don't know. It, I guess it's just all too predictable. Um, I think... I, I really don't think it matters because neither guy's beating Lesnar is, is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know because it seems like they're still doing Rollins Joe, but they could just like throw them in a multi. There could be like a multi-person match at Extreme Rules. I could see them doing uh, for uh, the number one contendership. Like I said, I think the more interesting thing is what do they do with Reigns now? Because Reigns was set the headline Extreme Rules against. Uh, Strowman in an ambulance match. Um, so, you know, he's got to work. He's got to be programmed with somebody. And it's either going to be Miz or Wyatt, I would assume. You know, I've seen Wyatt um, initially reported. That does not excite me at all. I'll say that. Now, didn't we just get that two summers ago? Yes. Yeah. Like, you talk about preference. I have a clear preference there. I absolutely think, you know, uh, a Reigns Miz program would be good. It's never been done. And I think Miz is a guy, one of the few guys really on either brand, capable of getting the desired reaction, you know, from WWE's perspective that they want for Reigns. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like Miz could kind of pull Reigns up as far as his mic ability goes. You know, like one of the criticisms with Reigns has been uh his ability on the mic, which is has got better. But Miz is so good. I mean, arguably the best talker in the company right now that I think it would elevate Roman's game a little bit to have a well, either that or put a spotlight on how Roman's not even close to Miz's level. Well, I think, yeah, but I think, I think that's the point for me is he'll have to excel, you know, like it'll push him to, to get better, but no, WWE will not let reigns be put in a position where he'll be made to look awful on the mic. Yeah. And, I mean, unless they give him, terrible material that they think is good, I guess. But, um, you know, part of it with Roman is he just doesn't have a great baby face delivery. I think yeah. he, he would have, a, we've talked about this ad nauseum before, he's great heel delivery. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of full, full of himself. He comes across as, you know, kind of full of himself. The dude that, you would love to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that Miz is beating Ambrose next week for the Intercontinental title because that's what makes me kind of, you know, I'd written in there, okay, well, I've heard Wyatt reported, but I said don't rule out Miz because it seems that they're fast-tracking that Intercontinental title match between Miz and Ambrose. So I can see them doing the change next Mm -hmm. week and then Reigns and Miz becomes an Intercontinental title program kind of separate from the, because that's, because you've got to keep Reigns away from the number one contendership if you want to do this long build towards Lesnar. So I think that's the way to do it. I think the belts kind of died on Ambrose recently. I think that that's that's a good plan because if you inject some life into the feud and you, then you have Miz and Reigns, with Reigns being one of the top faces of Raw, I think it automatically makes that belt a big deal again. I think it's yeah. kind of been forgotten with Ambrose. So Justin, where are you at? Uh, no, I think uh, you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh it is interesting to see how that affects other guys. Like what happens with Samoa Joe then going forward? I mean, does he fall way back into the mid card, lower mid card? Mm -hmm. Well, they've still, they're obviously still doing something with him and Rollins. So let's say, you know, again, this isn't confirmed. It may not happen at all, but let's just say hypothetically they do reigns versus Miz at extreme rules. And that's an intercontinental title match. You got five other quote unquote main event guys, Rollins, Joe, Balor, Wyatt, Ambrose. You could just do Rollins, Joe as a blow-off one-on-one match. And then the other three, Ambrose, Wyatt, and Balor, you could do a match for the, to see who uh, works Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. Or you could just make it a fatal five-way and just have all put all five guys in there and just be like, hey, one of these guys gets Lesnar. Yeah. I think for me personally, I, I was thinking about it while you guys were talking. Who would I rather see wrestle Lesnar? I'd much rather have it be Rollins than Balor. Um, just because 
I feel like Balor's missed so much of this brand split with his injury last summer that I just don't want to see him thrown into a match with Brock Lesnar and get destroyed. I feel like when Balor challenges for the universal title, I want to know that he actually has a chance to win it with him having, you know, never really lost the belt. Um, I feel like Rollins in a match with Brock, if he loses, it wouldn't damage him as much, which he will lose. <laughs> it wouldn't damage him as much as uh, Balor, who kind of needs to be rebuilt a bit after missing so much time. Yeah, and plus, uh, I think a Rollins-Lesnar match where Rollins gets to play the face and look stronger than he did the last time they faced, they could probably put on a really good match. Yeah, if they let Brock do anything besides F. I mean, Balor and Lesnar would be good, I think. Yeah. Um, so, well, Strowman, I mean, I, like I said, I think this whole situation... Well, yeah, it's going to lead to some kind of maybe blah raws without Strowman. It's going to be Strowman and Lesnar at SummerSlam, I assume. And then, um, so you'll get the desired match. And then what's interesting then is, do you entertain the idea? We've talked about this before. Man, when the, that's the interesting one, when it gets to Strowman versus Lesnar. Because, man, could you make a case for putting the world, the universal title on Braun Strowman? I certainly would. I think it's the right move. No doubt about it. Brock being gone so much. I know he's supposed to work this year more than usual um, moving forward from the summer on. But, man, he has just killed that belt. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's like, why do you, you know, it's almost like you could make a case for why do they have two world titles? Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's all that's always been a big debate with the brands. But, eh, you know, is there too many championships? Whatever. Um, you know. I mean, it's kind of weird if you're going to make a big point for each brand to have a championship, but one brand, the guy's not around. It is. I don't know. It's it's kind of odd. Yeah. Um, Justin, if, if you're booking that match at SummerSlam and it's Strowman, Lesnar, who do you got going over? Uh, I, I'd say Braun all the way. I mean, why just have one monster in Lesnar when you could have two on the roster? Because, you know, Lesnar's not going to lose anything by taking the pinfall. Yeah, uh, whereas you can build up Braun even more. Plus, Braun will be there every week. Yeah, Braun getting a victory over Lesnar does so much more for the future mm -hmm. than Brock yes. beating Braun. So, yes. yeah. Um, I, interesting, too, too, is, you know, where this Strowman thing, okay, in the short term, it's no good, but in the long term, it's okay. You get to push that rubber match with Roman because, you know, they've still got to do that back further because, you know, they're 1-1 in the storyline. So, you know, that's another big match they have for, you know, probably no mercy, which I know was uh, announced today. That's a raw pay-per-view in September. Mm -hmm. Plus if the whole point of this is for them, because Vince wants Reigns and Lesnar at WrestleMania, this is a way to have the title on TV every week from like SummerSlam until Royal Rumble. And then Lesnar could take it back off of Braun and then, you know, carry it into WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this? Because, all right, let's just accept the Reigns-Lesnar pairing for WrestleMania, okay? What if Lesnar's the challenger for in that situation? I think it would. I like yeah, it. I like it. Because it here's the thing. Like, we keep, like, everyone keeps bemoaning all this long bill, though. You're really going to do that? What if that's not what they do? What if Reigns is the champion going into that match? Not only that, but uh, you probably don't want Reigns winning another Rumble for a Yes, while. that's what I'm saying. And it's in Philly, isn't it, this year? Where he was, like, unmercifully booed. Three, It'll have been three years prior. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I, mean, I, I like that. I like the decision. Rumble. I think I use the term rehab the title with the IC title. Man, the longer they have this belt on Brock Lesnar, they're going to have to rehab the Universal title. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons to put it at least short term on Braun is to get that belt out there in front of the viewing public again to make people care about it. Because if they honestly have Brock Lesnar hold the belt for a year, rarely on TV, why does anyone care about a title match for a title that they never see? Well, I mean, I guess the, the idea is, well, you know, it's a, a title match is rare. You know, it's a big deal. It's really rare. In this yeah, case. But, you know, I don't know. It, it just we'll see. I mean, we'll see if if those if the pay-per-views with Lesnar draw significantly more, you know, if there's any metrics that suggest there's a lot more interest. Again, given what they pay Lesnar, I don't think it's justified. Like if I'm looking like a sports team, like WWE, like a sports team, you know, Lesnar's killing WWE would be 
I mean, obviously they don't have a salary cap, but you know, you know, Lesnar to me is like kind of hurting. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't think he's worth it. I think he's, he would be over, he would be considered overpaid. In the- <laughs> he's certainly overpaid. I mean, there is no argument at this point, several years after he came back, maybe initially when he first came back, but there's no argument to pay him because how is he benefiting the company at all monetarily? Um, you know, you could talk, you can look at the 80s when Hogan was a champion and yeah, he was rarely on TV, but he was working the house show circuit full time. And, and, and when you look at the uh, Hogan house show versus a non-Hogan house show, <laughs> wow. There was a yeah. colossal difference. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people use that argument. Well, Hogan was rarely on TV, except for like the Saturday nights, main events and stuff in the eighties. But that was a house show business back then. He was working full time, selling tons yeah, of TV tickets. was so different back then. TV was five yeah. squash matches and yeah. you know, Gene Oakland doing the event center. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, now with Brock, it's like, what is he? He's literally nowhere to be found. He's not on the house show circuit once in a while. He wrestles, but very rarely he's yeah. not on yeah, TV. He doesn't do house shows. He just sits at home, collects a paycheck, and then he's like the highest paid guy in the roster. So yeah. I got another guy who would be a great contender for Brock. This is an outside the box idea. This is fantasy booking alert. All right. Let's hear it. <laughs> they got to turn this Bray Wyatt baby face. I don't know how oh, many yes. times I'm going to say that on this program. Bray Wyatt is a face going against Brock Lesnar. You know, people are always concerned. Oh, you know, no one ever takes the part, the full timer seriously against Lesnar stuff. Give me a babyface Bray Wyatt <laughs> challenging Brock Lesnar. That is a money match. Now, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but Bray Wyatt is a big fan of our Twitter account, I must tell you. So, guys, follow us at TR Nation Podcast. Whoa. How about that segue? How wow, about that's incredible? It is, it's true. Uh, Justin Joint has sent out two tweets that Bray Wyatt liked in recent weeks. And if you, it's not like Bray Wyatt's out there liking every tweet. If you look at his Twitter page, he doesn't like much. Yeah. But, uh, he Bray is, Wyatt, he is a fan of the Top Rope Nation podcast. Bray Wyatt, like the fact that you need to turn babyface, buddy. We are on your side, Bray. <laughs> like Actually, one of the tweets was about that, wasn't it, Justin? That he liked. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, like save. I, I, I did a hashtag like save Bray turn Bray. Yeah, and he liked it. <laughs> turn. Don't, I mean, am I the only one on this? I mean, you guys, right? I mean, I I think yeah. like he's. He's been a heel now for years. I there is a great baby face running this guy. Yeah. Well, and plus any any dread from his current bad guy character is dead. They've I mean they've completely killed that. Yeah, I mean he did. I mean I guess he technically won the feud with Orton, but I mean you know he lost so many, and that's another thing with Balor. I mean would he win that feud? I don't know. Yeah, I think it re- could uh, rejuvenate him. That's it for sure. I've been waiting for. I just love that I, that pairing. I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Lesnar kind of. I don't know if he vetoed it or whatever. Remember, because that was planned for WrestleMania uh, 32 when yeah. Lesnar wound up working Ambrose. Remember, they had teased it in the Rumble. The Wyatts dumped Lesnar, and then mm-hmm. like nothing happened with that. Yeah, now, ju- judging by his match with Ambrose, it was probably a blessing in disguise for <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Dean Ambrose has never been the same since that match. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. And then he went into that horrible Jericho feud too. That was yeah. not a good time for Dean. I thought for sure he was going to win that match at Mania. Like, with it having all the weapons and everything, it was the perfect excuse. Like, if they want to protect Brock, well, he can use whatever weapons he needs to use on him to get the win, and he just got destroyed. Wow. You know, it reminded me kind of of, like, that Undertaker-Ric Flair WrestleMania match from years ago, like, at 18, when I'm like, okay, the way this has been booked, you have to put the baby face over, right? But the whole time I'm watching, like, they're not going to. And they did. It was the same damn thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not wishing injury on Dean Ambrose, but I don't know if there's anybody else on the roster that would benefit more from a injury hiatus, a long like seven to eight month injury hiatus than Dean Ambrose. Well, it's funny, and it's funny you say that. I he's kind of gone the didn't he work the most matches last year of anybody that had there was like a stat that had come out that nobody worked more in 2016 than Dean Ambrose. I didn't see that, but it wouldn't surprise me. And there is a metric. I forgot whose show. It was was really interesting that, you know, the previous year, I think it was, it was Rollins, and then he got hurt. So, I mean, again, I don't, you know, it's funny we talk about Rollins and Ambrose. Here's a segue. I wanted to bring them up. You've got Rollins, Ambrose, and Reigns all in the same brand, right? They're all baby faces, right? Mm -hmm. You got to go back to the shield, don't you? At some point, especially if you want to detour Reigns, 
and find interesting things for him to do. I mean, that group was break. That that's an article I got to write. Yeah, it was broken How up. Bad Way that breakup up. was terrible. You know that they didn't allow any of the individual personalities to really get out before the breakup. Um, you know, do you? I don't know what you do. You know, you know what direction who they'd feud with or whatever. But man, it's like kind of like an elephant in the room with all three guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, having all three of them as just these separate entities, it's just weird. Yeah. Ooh, a little fantasy booking spitballing here. What if you did something? Okay, so they're, they're the shield protectors. What if you did an angle where Triple H is trying to take over uh, WWE from Vince McMahon, so he hires Braun and Lesnar to help him kind of just make mess of everything, and then that's the reason uh, why the shield gets back together to protect WWE. Could be. Yeah, I, Triple H being off TV, I don't. It was kind of weird. Oh, he's just left. I know he had a nice family vacation, but guys, we're going to get to Triple H because there's something on the agenda we got to mention okay. with him. Um, before before we get there, got to pay the bills. I want to mention we have an official Top Rope Nation T-shirt. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see it. I've worn it on the show before. Justin's been pictured wearing it. You can get this beautiful T-shirt. Support the show at prowrestlingtees.com slash Press. And the reason I'm bringing this up is Friday, May 12th, they are having, for one day only, a 20% off sale. So you can get the shirt for 20% off, save probably 4 bucks on the shirt. I think they're $20. And uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, as you know, has some of the best design T-shirts out there. If you're looking for a Bullet Club shirt, any New Japan, Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, Anybody, Kenny Omega, it's all on Pro Wrestling Tees. So while you're searching on there, check out the Top Rope Nation t-shirt. Kyle, you have I some. I don't like Lucha Underground. Can I just say that? I've tried oh, so many times. And I know Justin is a big fan. Well, I don't know, man. I, I, I started watching it on Netflix, and I burnt through like the first, I don't know, almost dozen episodes. And it's been about two months since I watched it. I just can't find the the oomph to go back and start it up again. Yeah, I just don't have the time <laughs> to watch it. For me, it's not too. even time. It's yeah. just like, you know, somebody, I was reading a random article online the other day about like, it, it was talking about music and it's like, at what point do you give up trying to like a critically acclaimed album? Like, and, and you just admit, you know, I just don't like this. I don't care if smart people say it's good. I just don't like it, right? We all, yeah. there's all instances of that, that like, right? We could think mm-hmm. And like with me, Lucha, I've tried to watch it a number of times. I'm not even saying it's critically acclaimed because a lot of people who I, you know, follow and read and stuff online wrestling actually don't like it. But um, I'm just like, this is bad. I'm like, it's kind of like, it, like if you're going to like rip on the house of horrors and stuff like that, which I thought, you know, deserved criticism. It's tough for you to then turn around and say, you know what you need to be watching instead of WWE is Lucha Underground. I think the first... The first Bad couple acting and like it's so silly. I think the first couple seasons were pretty widely acclaimed because it was something fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got to season three, I think it got a little old for people, and you don't hear about it hardly at all anymore. But no, I mean, I mean, their viewership on El Rey is is atrocious. Yeah, the first couple seasons, though, pre- people were pretty hot for it. I know, like in the Observer, every week it was getting rave reviews back then when it started. But I, I didn't even do it. Like the the, the intergender matches, it's just uh, it's. That's something that's cool. Yeah. Well, the Top Rope Nation t-shirt is cool, guys. Check yes, it, it out. Is. Yes, it's it very is. Comfortable. Buy that. Don't buy Lucha Underground stuff. Buy the <laughs> Top Rope Nation t-shirt. <laughs> if you're out at the bars, the Top Rope Nation t-shirt, if you're wearing it, will get you much more attention than a Lucha Underground shirt. Check oh, it out. I'll say it. It'll straight up get your leg. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is something right out of a uh, Triple H Evolution promo. Then they have a t-shirt that said, like, laid, made, and paid back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, I, t- I swear you can Google it. I love their video, by the way. <laughs> Get the line in the sand video, like when it was like Orton, like two chicks going at it on his lap. <laughs> like an awesome video. That is one of the best stables put together in the 21st century. And the reason yes, I'm absolutely. breaking this up is because Big Dave Batista recently talked about what could get him to come back to the WWE. We know he was pretty critical of his last run. Uh, WWE forced him to be a babyface, he wanted to be a heel. You know what they were doing wasn't going to work, especially with Daniel Bryan getting over like he was. And 
he said he would return to face none other than his former stable made himself triple h guys do you think a batista triple h match if they could actually get batista to come back who is a genuine movie star at this point yes i mean you haven't come back and face trip would you even be interested in that kyle i know you had some strong thoughts on this I could not pick a person I would be less interested in seeing Batista work than Triple H. As far as the realistic options, obviously, I would not want to see, you know, Batista versus Kurt Hawkins. I mean, that would be worse. But I'll, I'll tell you what the money match would be if Batista came back. It's probably pretty obvious. Braun Strowman. I didn't think of that. I had two. I had two options. I did not think of that one. I'd like to see a Same Batista Braun Strowman match. What do you think, Justin? Um, well, I, you know, and from what I read, the problem isn't on uh, WWE trying to get him. It's that they've kind of turned him down. He said he wants to come back, and they're mm -hmm. like, we don't have anything for you, which boggles my mind with his uh, uh, movie superstar power now. Yeah. Just, that's just weird to me. And and it was funny, and, and I kind of agree with them, but it was also kind of a dickhead thing to say. He's like, coming back talking about wanting to work with Triple H, he's like, I'm not going to come back to work with some young guy or to put over a, a young guy. I, the only story to tell is with Triple H. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's fine if he wants to work with a guy. Like if he, I mean, if he doesn't want to put, if he wants to work with an established guy, two options. Might, the, the issue with Triple H is, I've said it before on the show, man, they caught lightning in a bottle late 04, early 05. Like you couldn't have they you could not have scripted the way that program went any better. WrestleMania 21 drew. Well, people forget about that. You know, when Batista and Cena were coronated on the same night, it was Dave Batista that drew, not John Cena at WrestleMania 21 in Los Angeles. You're not going to capture lightning in a bottle like that again. It just won't be as good as it was that time. That was an incredible program they had, those two, the when they broke up evolution. Mm -hmm. To me, the names were. The, re the unrealistic one, I think, would be Rock because they have the two movie star thing. The two movie stars going. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar was the other name, I thought, because that was a match that um, you know, wasn't done the when both of them were in the first time in WWE 10 years ago or even longer than that. I really like that one. I, I think that'd be a great match. And, and that's another one where it's like, okay, he doesn't have to work with a younger guy and stuff like that. I mean, I think, and I think those would be appealing ways to get him in, too. Now, to what Justin said, I, I couldn't agree more. I am stunned by the cold shoulder towards Batista. I mean, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's not my thing. I, I haven't watched either movie, but I mean, they're big. They're really big movies. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot bigger than the Chaperone Triple H. <laughs> that movie you did. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. They wouldn't want the guy back. So wasn't that the name of the movie, The Chaperone? He was like on a bus. Yeah. Or something like that it was so that thing was on Netflix for it might still be on Netflix streaming, but like I would get on Netflix and it would always be in my recommended. Like, why the hell are you recommending me the chaperone? I'm not watching this. <laughs> Never even Never once really. clicked on it. But uh I guess they were trying to push it on the Netflix audience pretty hard. If you would ever search WWE, you were gonna get recommended that movie. Oh boy. <laughs> no, I, I've got to admit, I was never really a big fan of uh, Blutista until he came back for that like WrestleMania 30 run, and he kind of grew on me then. And uh, hearing about the kind of person he is outside of the ring kind of also makes me like him a lot more. Yeah, I kind of the same way. I've become much more of a fan just reading and listening to his interviews over the last couple of years, not just his political takes, which I tend to always agree with, but uh, yeah, just when he reflects back on his time in WWE and doesn't really hold anything back, it's made me like him a lot more. Kyle's laughing. I know he agrees. You know, they said him and Orton didn't ride in the same car together very often back in the day. Now we know why. Seriously? Political takes. No, but uh, Orton, it was Batista all right here's the thing I, I this like when the batista dvd they put out and this was like 10 years i mean this was over 10 years ago i think at this point it was probably when he was world champion um to me one of the most jaw-dropping things on that dvd people can go back and watch this is triple h essentially admitting on the dvd yeah i made the call to just bury randy orton and go with batista instead and and it turned out to be the right move but, um, you know, there, there was a moment on that DVD and you can, uh, it just, my eyes jumped watching it because I always was like, man, they screwed it. Because everyone always talks about 
that face turn that Orton did in 04, remember he wins the title and then they evolution turns on him up. That that did him no favors. The old thumbs down that they gave yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. And Triple H goes, he's like, you know, you guys are all talking about this Randy Orton, but I'm telling you, Batista's the guy. He says on DVD, I'm like, holy shit. He just basically admitted that, like, yeah, that's why Randy Orton kind of got the short end of the stick in that time period. Um, but yeah, Batista was always hanging out with Triple H and Flair, and Orton had kind of he hung out with like some younger guys. I think like Maven and like Jindrak and <laughs> Alex Jones, Sean Hannity, yeah, some, some of the luminaries there. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. That was the car that uh, yeah, yeah. Randy Orton was riding in. <laughs> yeah, <Randy> Orton. <laughs> Mussolini. Now, I, I, <laughs> week three of the crusade against Randy Orton here on Top Rope Nation. <laughs> no, I had not heard of that about them traveling. Though. That's, that's pretty interesting. You know, I, I had just heard that recently that they were, yeah, Batista was a guy. And that was a, it played a large role in why Triple H was like, you know, the big money programs with Batista, not Randy Orton. Because Batista, you know, that, that's a very like old school type thing. And I'm not going to criticize Triple H for it at all. That like, you know, hey, if a guy, a younger guy who's less experienced, you know, kind of wants to go to the learning tree, so to speak. You know, and kind of seems more committed to the job, you know, when the other guys, you know, maybe more into partying and whatnot, allegedly. Then, you know, you're like, hey, I'd rather work with this guy. He's going to me for advice, you know, and I think I can work with him. And you know, again, you can't argue against the success of that Triple H Batista program. It was very well done. Well, and your choices are Big Dave Batista on one side, it's getting over with the crowd, or the other dude who's taking a dump in women's duffel bags in the back. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Guys, we're kind of getting into uh, an old school wrestling discussion. Well, I mean, the younger kids watching the show are going to think this is old school wrestling. To me, 0405 doesn't seem like that long ago. But uh, <laughs> when we're talking old school, I was done we're with talking like the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we have. We've been thinking about starting a new, and this is this is the brainchild of Kyle Ross. We've been been thinking about starting a new segment on the show week to week, where we talk about what old school stuff have you been watching. It can be a WWE Network, it can be on YouTube, and I'm dying to hear about the one Kyle has been talking to me about here off air tonight. Apparently, you've been watching some interesting 1987 WWF recently, Kyle. So I think this is going to be one of our most popular new segments on the show. What old school wrestling have you been watching, Kyle Ross? Okay, so they uploaded a ton of primetimes to the network. And I love, like, primetime wrestling is such an easy watch. Um, you know, with Monsoon and Heenan, they're always really funny. I, I Quite frankly, I think they had enjoyed, uh, you know, a little few mixed drinks before they went on the air and whatnot but um so i'm watching them and, and this is like they start up it's like right around wrestlemania three time and by the way watching those is, is certainly just I, I doubled down on my take that wrestlemania three is the best wrestlemania ever but anyway that's not why we're here check out um, the uh, archive for discussion on that one yes so it was right around that time and after wrestlemania three goes um they start showing these vignettes, and I'd forgotten about these. I'd watched them before, but I'd forget been a long time. The Ken Patera story. This is something that everybody needs to go and find. You can just find it probably on YouTube, even if you don't have the network. It was a four-part thing they did. They, they aired it four different weeks, and it was all over WWF television. I mean, that was one of their big post-Mania 3 angles was the return of Ken Patera. And if you're not familiar with Ken Patera's actual story, former Intercontinental Champion, one of their top heels in the early 80s, went to jail. It's one of the funnier situations ever in that I believe it was uh, Mr. Saito he was with one night, and I believe it was in Wisconsin, up in your guys' territory there, kind of in region. We don't, we don't associate with Wisconsin. Okay. And they were trying to get some Mickey D's late at night, and it was closed. And they threw a boulder through the window. So, like, so he wound up going to jail. Like, I mean, it was, it was right around the time of, you know, I, I don't know if there was a place for him on the WrestleMania one card, but he wasn't on it. And then he went to jail shortly thereafter. So, does his time, gets out of jail. WWE gets this idea, we're going to bring him back as a, this baby face, this rehabbed baby face. You know, a guy who's served his time and 
Uh, you know, he's a, he's a new man, you know, after being a, a, a heel who injured people initially. Sounds like kind of a cool idea, right? But what is so funny about these vignettes is they essentially pin the blame for him going to jail on Bobby the Brain Heenan's managerial ways. <laughs> like, that was the hook. And it's so funny. It was like, part two is the one you got to watch. And it's it ends with, you know, what did Bobby Heenan's ways get Ken Patera? A world championship? This was Gene Okerlund doing the voiceover. He's like, no. And it cuts to Patera sitting in a jail cell and the cell slamming shut. <laughs> and it's like, next week, we'll talk about the downfall of Ken Patera. And I just lost it. I was like, this is incredible television that they actually did this. So this is on primetime on the network? Yeah, this was so like, they uploaded um, a ton. They uploaded like the entirety of 87. So Yeah, I, I think, think 87 through 89 they put up. Yeah, so I think you want to you want to start at what it still says, um, you know, newly added. I think on there, it's not the very first newly added one, but I think it's starting with the second one. They are four weeks in a row. Um, or if you want, um, I think it's on YouTube because you know I talked about you know it was a big flop. The whole thing turned into a huge. There were a lot of big returns that were flops in that era. By the way, guys, they had brought back from the past that didn't work out. Uh, Superstar Graham, Jimmy Snuka. A couple guys come to mind. They couldn't rekindle past glory, but they actually released a Coliseum home video of this. Like that's how big. I mean, Patero. This was supposed to be a big thing they had. I mean, he had nothing. He was awful in the ring when he came back. He was so bad. Uh, you know. So, yeah, I've been watching Ken Patero's story and laughing. Good for some laughs. I, I can't think of anything I've been watching in particular of old school wrestling. Like this week's been kind of crazy. I haven't been watching a lot of stuff out of the archives, but I'll have something for you next week on the show. Okay. Yeah. Are right, you going to, we should each go. We'll take turns going one week and we'll just right. spring it on us randomly. But yeah, Ken Patera, that baby face run is awful. <laughs> they made a whole Coliseum home video. Like it showed his first couple matches that that debate he had with Heenan. Heenan took a hell of a bump in that debate. The, the the first interview I ever did with any anybody from pro wrestling when I started writing about pro wrestling was Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ken Patera. Like, no, that <laughs> was Bobby Heenan. Awesome, awesome interview. He that dude, super interesting as you know, but really nice guy. I uh, I just sent him an email. I was like, let's see, I was in college. Sent him an email. He got right back to me. He's like, sure, give me a call. I'll put his phone number in there and called him up a couple days later and interviewed him for about an hour. Wow. Yeah. So I know he's been going through some health problems, pretty, yeah. pretty severe health problems in, in uh, recent years. So best wishes out to Bobby Heenan. I know Greatest it's manager like, of all time, in my opinion. It sucks like to see that. And like when you go back and watch, I mean, God, he is so funny in these primetime wrestlings, too. I mean, if for nothing else, I mean, the Kemp Terra story, I mean, it's terrible. It just it made me laugh in a very ironic way. But um, Heenan is incredible. I mean, the gimmick of him saying, and I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan, never gets old on those primetime wrestlings. <laughs> I did. Um, I will say, I haven't been watching a lot of old school stuff this week. I did go back and watch a little bit of some of the old primetimes when I saw those were added. And I went right to the part, uh, I was at 89, where he uh, he was booted off the show. And then he started doing like the Bobby Heenan show separately. Yeah, 89. That was 89. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched a little of that. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So him, him and Monsoon just had a, a great dynamic together. Yes. Well, it, I think an argument could be made that Bobby Heenan is one of the top wrestling talents of all time. Yeah, as far as his announcing ability. It's definitely, to me, he's, he's my favorite manager of all time and uh, was a great color guy. He Well, in WWF, he was a great color guy. WCW, yeah. ooh, baby, he phoned that. He phoned he that for a long distance. He, he had plenty to say about that when I interviewed him. <laughs> yeah. he, he bashed Tony Schiavone quite a bit in my interview with him. And yes. how Schiavone would always like try to keep plans secret from him. And uh, finally, he was just like, well, I'm going to collect my paycheck and go home kind of thing. And you could tell watching it. Well, and, he, and Schiavone never sold Heenan's jokes. Yeah like gorilla did or even vince did when vince worked with him that was the problem like with heenan you have to like sell the jokes so. mm -hmm. guys i wanted to close on uh the schedule coming up for next week because there is a lot on the horizon although this week was 
you know, a little bit slow phoned in television. Next week is a, well, actually kind of starting tomorrow night is going to kick off a little bit over a week of a lot of pretty big shows. Um, tomorrow night, you've got Ring of Honor doing their yearly War of the Worlds pay-per-view with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the New Japan Pro Wrestling Best of the Super Juniors tournament starting next week. By the way, next week on the show, Justin, you're going to be excited about this. We will have Miss Abby Arthur coming on to talk oh, New no. Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, nice. confirmed as of last night. She she has two features up right now on TopRopePress.com. Check it out. Um, basically with a full historical background of the best of the Super Juniors. And then she went through all the competitors in this year's tournament, full breakdowns of their history. So if you're new to New Japan or even watching New Japan and you just want a refresher, Check out our features section on topropepress.com and, and Abby's excellent work there. So she'll be on the show next week, um, and we'll be talking best of the Super Juniors. I think they will have had one show, one or two shows by the time we record next week. Um, and then next weekend on Saturday, you have Evolve 84 in Chicago and NXT TakeOver in Chicago. You have on Sunday, WWE Backlash in Chicago and Evolve 85 in Detroit. So there is a lot on the horizon. Um, I don't know if you guys are planning on watching the Ring of Honor show. Pretty stacked card, though. Um, looking at it right now, it could be Adam Cole's last match in Ring of Honor. Could be on uh, the way to WWE. He is wrestling Hiroshi Tanahashi. That should be a pretty damn good match. The ace of New Japan. Um, you've got Will Ospreay and Jay White. Let's see. We've got Kushida. Versus Dalton Castle versus Bobby Fish versus Silas Young, Marty Skrull, the villain who just yeah. Justin uh, just sent me something on my phone. Marty Skrull just liked a tweet by the at TR Nation podcast Twitter account. What a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous Twitter account this is. <laughs> he will be wrestling uh, Matt Seidel on uh, Ring of Honor, and the main event is Christopher Daniels defending against Cody Rhodes and Jay Lethal. So. Uh, those are some of the bigger matches on the show. It's not every match, but uh, I think it's a pretty good show. I'm going to try to check it out this weekend if I get a chance. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I was very critical of Cody Rhodes for how he thought of himself when he left WWE. He's done a hell of a job on the independent scene. Let's, get, let's, call, a, let's call a spade a spade here. I'm an honest guy. Cody has Rhodes he done has done an incredible job? I think he has. I think Cody Rhodes is... I, I think he's... I think he... It's really interesting... I think there's a lesson learned that if you think you can be a big star and you're not getting the right push in WWE, leave and show them. They'll take you back. Look at Drew McIntyre. He has certainly sold a lot of t-shirts. I think that Cody Rhodes Bullet Club shirt is like the top selling shirt on pro wrestling tees. Has been for weeks. Still think Dustin Rhodes is, is, is the best wrestling son of Dusty. but Oh yeah, I would agree. For sure. Um, so we, we mentioned best of the super juniors and then next weekend, Kyle, I know you're a big evolve fan after your experience in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that evolve show in Chicago has a pretty stacked card too. I'm not sure. Sure. If you know off the top of your head, I have, no, I can't remember now all of a sudden, as soon as you threw it to me, I said, Oh shit, I'm supposed to know that. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. I mean, they're, they, um, it was pretty stacked. I had it written down. Hold Here on. Here it is. Uh, Matt Riddle and Kyle O'Reilly. That okay, will be, that'll be very good. Yeah. Uh, Zach Sabre Jr. and Ethan Page. That'll be very good. Donovan Dijak and Keith Lee. That'll be great. That was a rematch. Yes, that's right. Yeah. There's, I a, few, there's a few other matches, but that's those are the headlining matches, yeah. those three. So if I were going to Chicago for Backlash, I would for sure try to check out this show. This should be an excellent card. And they bumped it up, too, for the NXT show. Once they announced there would be an NXT takeover because Evolve was supposed to run at night originally, but now they've bumped it up into the afternoon. So, man, if you're in Chicago that weekend, you can catch three shows. Yeah. And then they're they're going from Chicago to Detroit the very next day Evolve is. And so the day of Backlash, they're in the Detroit area. And you, that show is headlined by Zack Sabre against Leo Rush, uh, Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb. And uh, we've got Tracy Williams versus Kyle O'Reilly and Ethan Page versus Donovan Dijak. So let's see. That That's a pretty good card, too. Mm-hmm. So I think the Chicago card's a little bit better. But yeah, and I, th- I think shows. they're hurt by running against Backlash, probably. I saw ROH years ago. Um, I wanted to say this. 
um, right at the same. I saw ROH years ago in Detroit. I'm trying to think what venue they ran. It was like I remember driving by Eight Mile though. It wasn't a very nice neighborhood. <laughs> Is anywhere in Detroit that nice of a neighborhood? Sorry, viewers watching. Oh, wow. <laughs> Actually, I I have been to Detroit and had a good time there. The area around so, Comerica Park is not bad. Uh, the uh, the Palace of Auburn Hills is in a nice area. I've been there, saw a concert there. Nice arena. Okay. No, the, the area around Comerica Park, where like there's um, Hockey Town, the bar. It's like a three level, obviously Red Wing themed bar. It's a pretty nice place. Yeah. You've seen a few concerts up at the Fillmore. Nice. Well, Detroit is a legendary music city. No yeah. doubt about it. So also, remember sneaking in. I remember just bombed sneaking in, getting a free buffet in the casino over there. <laughs> Plus, you're not far from Canada. You can go party in Canada while you're at it. Um, yeah, so a lot to look forward to on the horizon. We don't have the whole backlash card yet. I'm sure we'll go through that next week. Yeah, there's only five matches right now as of yeah. now. Yeah, so um lot to look forward to though so we'll have plenty to talk about on the show next week we'll have abby here we'll talk a little bit of new japan we've we kind of tried to do that when we started the podcast early we'd, we'd talk about new japan abby was on the show a few times she's kind of our resident new japan expert uh, but it's been a while since we've covered new japan pro wrestling so we'll try to get that in next week along with the uh the backlash preview so with that being said guys i think we're gonna sign off this week any closing comments for you on the uh the pro wrestling world this week you got anything for us kyle gender mania is running wild <laughs> <laughs> i'm i am strongly hopeful that gender is going to win the title in chicago i, I think I, I think there is a chance it could happen i wouldn't bet on it right now but i, I, I think it's being discussed. we'll talk about that next week we'll see how the tv goes next week but i, I don't think they're going to do it i don't think they're going to pull the trigger I think they made a mistake having him hand the title back to Shane McMahon like that. Yeah, I did. I loved the fact that he had stolen the belt. Yeah, that was I wish he would have kept it till the pay per view. Yeah, that was where the heat was. They took it. I mean, yeah, he pinned him, but oof, I don't know. I like. I loved the heat with him, you know, having stolen the title. They should have kept that going. Yeah. Justin, final closing thoughts as you head into your weekend this week. Dwayne Johnson, twenty twenty. <laughs> Do we really want another celebrity in the White yeah, House? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'd be on board. I'd vote for him probably. I mean, what are our other I choices? Know. You know, I told you people like, well, you know, we need an outsider. People would say, obviously, we have one. But I think, I think right now is proving maybe we need someone with a little bit of experience. Yeah, you know, I always stabilize like, you know, things. If your sink's fucked up, you don't call an electrician. You know? Yeah. So I don't. You <laughs> we'll, know. we'll have to see how it goes in France before we judge too much. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, guys, I'm Ryan Drosties, Kyle Ross, Justin Joint. Check us out on iTunes, patreon.com slash Nation. As always, subscribe on YouTube, and we will see you guys next week.